0: welcome to the Telford Minster podcast thank you for joining us and listening along our vision is to make Jesus known in Telford and we hope that your attention is grabbed by Jesus today and what he's doing in your life we have moved into the completed Minster space on Southwater Square in Telford and we'd love to invite you to come along and give church a try at our 4 p.m gatherings every Sunday we're opposite Wilco's and above Novella Lounge enjoy the podcast
1: So we're continuing in the letter of James, chapter 4, verses 1 to 12. And the subtitle in this Bible is, Submit Yourselves to God. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have, because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another... Let's pray for Tam as she comes. Lord, we thank you for Tam, uh, and we pray that you would bless her as she brings your word to us this evening. Holy Spirit, would you speak through her into our hearts? And so we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you.
2: I like it when we get nice, easy passages like that, don't you? (laughs) Where there's nothing in them that could challenge us at all. Psalm 119. Verse 111 onwards says, your testimonies are my heritage. Forever they are the joy of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes, even to the very end. The double-minded I despise, but your law I love. And I want to start by asking you, are your hearts inclined towards him today? Because that's how we've got to listen to this. It's from a place of leaning in to him to actually find out exactly what he's on about. And it's not from a distance. It's like, whoa, Lord, I'm not sure if I want to hear this, but I've got to lean in. Because you have no other choice. And it's not about what he's saying. It's about, are you prepared to lean in and then find out what he's saying? Listen to it from that point of view. Father's Day, which is today, has special significance for me. That was the last day I ever saw my dad alive, 13 years ago. So it's always held a special significance for me. Now my dad, I didn't get on with for 35 years. Now you've heard me tell this story before, but there is relevance to it. For 35 years, I was at enmity with him. I did not want to know my dad. Didn't matter what he did, didn't matter what he said. I just did not want to know him. Then when I was 35, God said to me, as I leaned into him, Tam, I want you to say to him, I'm really sorry for not being the daughter that you always wanted. Can you imagine what that did to my heart? I knew I was justified in being at war with my dad. I knew that. How often do we know we are justified in taking the stance that we do? We stand there and say, but look what they've done. Look what's happened to me. Look what's all around me. And we take a stance. And then God says, lean in, forgive, forgive. Go towards them. No, Lord, I wrestled for so long with that. But in the end, I did it. I submitted to what God was asking of me and I leaned in and I said it to him. And for the last 9 years of his life, I had an incredible relationship with him. He was funny, he was witty, he had a wicked sense of humor. He was an entrepreneur and loved just taking risk. Everything that I denied in him, I was also denying in myself. And I knew by forgiving him, I was also accepting who I was. Totally unexpected. But there was also another unexpected thing that happened because of that. I'd been praying that I would grow above five foot. MD who's under five foot, it is so frustrating. The world is not designed for short people. I couldn't reach into the back of fridges, back of cupboards, anything. And I knew in my heart of hearts, if I was just above five foot, then I could reach, and I wouldn't have to find a step, or climb on a chair, or climb on a work surface. An unexpected, unexpected consequence of my renewed relationship with my father was. I grew two inches when I was 35. I love it. Do you not love the unexpected things that God does when you lean into him? And yet it's incredibly hard as well because you don't know. I, that's my testimony. But sometimes it doesn't work out like that. But that never means we shouldn't lean into him and submit and find out what he's saying to us. So back to James. This incredibly easy passage. Whoa. Whoa. Martin Luther in the 16th century called James a right-stroy epistle. I love that. And we've already said that if you're wanting a warm, fuzzy feeling, pastoral care, somebody to go there, there, do not go to James because you're not going to get it there. He is an in-your-face, confrontational kind of guy. Do you not love that, though? Because you know exactly where you're standing with him. He's not saying, everything's all right. He's challenging you again and again and again. And he's going toe to toe with you and saying, you cannot carry on like this. He's writing to a a group of Jewish Christians that are dispersed outside of Palestine. These people are in upheaval. There's wars going on. And he is just horrified at what he's seeing amongst them. And he's saying to them, Come back to your focus, because your focus has to be God. Do not say with one hand that you believe in Jesus, and on the other, war amongst each other, quarrel amongst each other, do all these things. Do you not think it's the same message today? Do not say you love Jesus and then at the same time go against everything that he says. That's quite a powerful challenge, isn't it? How many times is it so easy to compromise who we are in him because it's really hard? How many times do we know within our very being that God is saying something to us, but we say, no, I can't do that? How many times? How many times? That's why I love what James says. That first section, what causes fights and quarrels, what he's asking us to do is look at hearts, our own desires. And God is asking us today to look at our hearts, our desires. What I realized about my dad was, I was the one that was maintaining the fight and the quarrel. I was the one that was holding the stone ready to throw at him. And yet I was also the one that was preaching Jesus. I was also the one that was saying about grace and mercy and love and reconciliation. How dare I preach that at him and at the same time hold a stone ready to throw at him in my hands? How dare I? How compromised was I at that point? No wonder he didn't see the love of Jesus And what I loved was, at the time where I went towards him, I inclined into God, and I knew that God would surround me. That was the point where he saw the love of Jesus. That was the point. Not before, but that point. It's so simple, isn't it? We hold so many things in our hands, tightly clenched, where we feel like we're justified. James is saying look at the state of your heart that's the challenge look at the state of it the second section he's calling them out for accepting the world's values the world's way of looking at stuff love your enemies and pray for those who hurt you from Matthew 5:44 Here it starts with, you adulterous people. Why adulterous people? God is jealous for us. He desires our every being, everything about us. We cannot serve the world and serve God is an oft-used phrase. But actually, what does it mean? It means if you accept the world's values... And forget that they are so contradictory to God's, you can't do it. He's calling us out as well. The third section. So, in the first section, he's shifting our hearts. In the second section, he's saying, change your focus. Look not to the world for your value system. Look to God. And sometimes it's a small, small shift, but look to God. Now we can submit. We've checked on our heart. We've checked on our value system. Now we can submit. Too often, we hear that word submit, and we hate it, don't we? Because we've seen it used against us in too many places. We assume that when we hear the word submit, it's that curling into a ball, and we've got to be oppressed, and we've got to bow down, and have nothing left of us. And that's not God's submission. God's submission is surrender. Be that full of me that nothing else matters. Every single bit of your DNA be filled with me. Surrender to who I am. And yes, that's my phone going. (laughs) Dope. Every single bit of your DNA. Filled with him. How wonderful does that sound? How amazing does that sound? And that submission frees us to be fully who we are created to be. That's the submission he's asking from us. Not that. But that. Where we are so open and so vulnerable with him. Because he knows it anyway. He knows who we are. He knows what's in our hearts. But when we speak it out like David did in the Psalms, when we shout it out, when we cry out to him, that's the surrender he's asking of us. Total freedom in him. Every single bit of your DNA filled with him. Doesn't that sound amazing? Doesn't that sound wonderful? In your face, whoa. Galatians 2.20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Is that where you're at? Is it? What's he saying to you now? Is he speaking to your hearts? Is he asking you questions? What's he saying? Because I know he is speaking. Each and every one of you, if you believe in Jesus, he's speaking to you now. Those that don't yet know Jesus, he is still speaking to you. How do you think we come to know Jesus? Because he speaks to us, he speaks to all of his creation all of the time. Can you hear him? Can you hear his voice? Can you hear that frequency that's just vibrating in you? That's saying, my beloved people. He's calling you back to focus on him. He's calling you to maturity. He's asking you to grow up in him by being that surrendered, that full of him, that nothing else matters other than that conversation with him. But out of that overflow, we love our communities. Out of that overflow, we love each other. Out of that overflow, we love our enemies. The fourth section. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. The fourth section... We're into community. This passage reads like a road map if you've got conflict in your life. Look at your heart. What's your heart saying? Look at your value system. What's your value system saying? then submit to God, then deal with the community around you. It's a roadmap, a beautiful, impressive roadmap that is so simple. And it works. It really works. Don't speak out against one another. If you've got an issue with somebody, go and speak to them first. If you then don't get through, take somebody with you. That's the biblical way. Do not speak about them behind their backs and never give them the opportunity to change. What I love about James is that he's saying, I love these people so much that I want them to change. Being part of the minister means that we love you so much. We want you to change. But do you love each other enough? Do you want to take the risk Do you want to speak to each other in ways? If something offends you, if something hurts you, what are you going to do about it? James loves his community so much, so passionately, that he's not willing to let them go. He's not willing to let them change focus. He's calling them back again and again and again. I want to be part of a community where people like that live and breathe where people come up to me and say, Tam, I love you so much. I want you to change. This isn't quite right. Or who call me out and say, Tam, you can do this. Come on. Come on. Rise up, church. Come on. You can do this. That's what I'm saying to you. Rise up. You can change the world that you live in. You can change the communities that you live in. You can change your neighbor's life. You can see the whole revolution take part in front of your eyes. Rise up, church, because this is what God's calling us to for such a time as this. That's why we're alive. It's not to just exist. It's to live life in all its fullness. And this is what James is calling us to. There's something, a prayer that somebody wrote that I'd like to read. Out of the depths, not from the top of our lungs, not out of the need just to do something, not out of pure frustration, anger, desire for revenge, not out of the superficiality of our restlessness, but out of the depths of our very being, we cry to God for peace. Out of that fearful place where we have to confess that we are part of the destruction against which we are protesting. Out of that center where we discover that we are so high up in the air that we become numb and no longer see, feel and hear the agony of thousands who are stuck by the seeds of destruction. Out of that empty spot of silence, where we feel helpless, embarrassed, and powerless, where we suffer from our own impotence to stop the reign of death in our world, out of those depths we cry to the Lord. Out of those depths we cry to the Lord. Out of that place. Out of that place of leading in to Him leaning in. And what's he asking of us? What's he asking us to do? What's he asking us to cry out for? Out of that place. I'm so afraid to open my clenched fist. Who will I be when I have nothing left to hold on to? Who will I be when I stand before you with empty hands? I know who you'll be. You'll be God's wonderful creation. Rise up, church, because now is the time.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope this time has blessed you. Hit the subscribe button to hear more like this. And to find out more about Telford Minster, follow us at Telford Minster on Instagram and Facebook, or go to telfordminster.org.uk.